What's going on, guys? So in today's episode, we are going to dive into the overall uh, landscape of the wide receiver position group in terms of how I'm going to look at it um, come draft day and just kind of based on and that is how I'll basically formulate my strategy on which position group I'm going to be targeting more so out of uh, wide receiver or running back. I'm going to I'm going to do a lot of that. Um based on the overall landscape of each position and where I think they're strong and deep at in terms of which rounds guys will be available that I think can start for me and so on. So when I'm just looking at the, I just got done looking at the whole receiver group and um, just kind of how it's, how it all stacks up for me. And obviously most good fantasy players at least are, more inclined to go running back, running back, running back as early and often as possible. Um, and that's typically me as well. But and I and keep in mind, I'm saying this when I haven't actually looked at the running back as a, the, the overall landscape of the running back position just yet. But as I was looking at the receivers, I got really excited because there's sort of a sweet spot in here from uh, starting around the fourth round. Uh, or late third, mid to late third round or so, all the way until like the 12th round based on guys that are being drafted currently mm-hmm. in that in that ADP that I really, really like. Like I am much higher on a lot of these guys than most or than where they're being drafted. So like, for example, let me start from the back here. Um. Julian Edelman is is one guy that that I'm very high on and I and I really love where he's being drafted at the moment and maybe that uh maybe Cam Newton will will push his draft stock up a little bit but even if it goes up a little bit I'm I'm honestly okay with it and I still really like his draft position because currently Edelman is going in the 8th and ninth rounds so in in my notes I wrote LOL like the guy finished his wide receiver seven last year. He finishes the seventh highest scoring receiver in half half PPR in weeks one through sixteen. So that alone tells you, like, for some reason they just decided to throw a true what, what was it last year was a true wide receiver one, and, and for some reason he's not being drafted to the eighth or ninth round. So, and here's the thing about St- uh, Edelman too: even if it were Stidham, I would still be. I wouldn't be as high on Edelman, but uh, I, I still would because he doesn't play on the boundary where he, where it's you know more difficult routes and and you know what I mean the degree of difficulty isn't always as hard on his on his for for the quarterback to get him the ball. So um, he does a lot of his work from the slot, quick game, you know, and and that even with a backup quarterback like Stidham, that's still something that can be done. Sort of like. It's almost like not the same thing, but it's almost like if Christian McCaffrey, like he's a little bit quarterback proof because even, you know, basically any quarterback can throw him the ball because it's a lot real, really close to the line of scrimmage or um, underneath. So I like Edelman for that reason. And getting him in the eighth, ninth round is to me is just insane, especially when you add in that he's got Cam Newton throwing him the ball. Um, <clears throat> but let me go back to the top here and uh, kind of start this overview off at the top. So I have absolutely no problem with you just taking Mike uh, Michael Thomas 
as the first receiver off the board and doing so really like in in a sense of screw this whole strategy thing. I'm just going to take Mike Thomas because I want him on my team and I'm picking, let's say, fifth overall, something like that. Okay, I have no problem with that. The guy's going to, I mean, we have no reason to overthink it and and try and come up with some clever reasoning why he's not going to produce at an insanely high level. Like, I'm not going to do that because that's just like bashing your head against the wall, hoping for it to not hurt. You know what I mean? Is there a world where he doesn't? Yeah, maybe so. But I'm not going to attempt to forecast that because I like to work on as much fact as I can and then allow my intuition and instincts to take over after the facts, right? And the facts with Mike Thomas is the guy It has been unstoppable in this offense with Sean Payton and uh, Drew Brees and even Teddy Bridgewater. Like, how often do you see a true wide receiver one in fantasy being a wide receiver one and then and then a uh, backup quarterback coming in and him not him not missing a beat i mean that's that's crazy like he basically didn't really miss a beat when he lost drew Brees. that isn't normal okay so <clears throat> i have no problem with taking michael thomas so uh number two or not number two, but just another guy in the first round that I don't hate you taking, but I don't love is uh, Julio Jones. I'm I'm all for Julio. Um, you know, not not like not a big deal if you if you don't take a wide receiver there, but I'm I'm cool with taking Julio there. But uh, one other guy that I actually do really really like is Devonte Adams this year. Um, I just posted on Instagram and Twitter. Devonte Adams had like he averaged more than more than double the targets of any other player on his team. Number one, uh, per on a per game basis last year. And he, I mean, he had 128 targets, I think it was. And the next closest guy was Aaron Jones with 68. So, uh, Devonte Adams, the, the Packers have lost two players, uh, lost two receiving options in Jimmy Graham and Geronimo Allison. And they have replaced that with Devin Funches and a healthy, hopefully, Jace Sternberger. So I love Jace Sternberger coming out. I think I had a second or third round grade on him, the tight end from Texas A&M. Uh, he's a solid player. He, he, he could be a very good receiver in the NFL. Uh, we haven't really seen him do it just yet because he was hurt as a rookie. But I'm... What I'm saying is I'm not going to call him an upgrade over Jimmy Graham because even though I was super high on him, we have to see it, guys. Again, I work on fact and then instinct and intuition. I'm not going to emotionally inflate a guy, uh, his grade, based on the fact that I liked what he did in college. Like That doesn't always translate. I've been wrong before. The greatest at that evaluation game are only right. I mean, are, are wrong about 40% of the time at least. I mean, 60% of the time at least. So I'm not going to hold myself to some crazy standard and say, oh, I can't be wrong. Sternberg is the guy, and he'll be ready right away. I don't know that. I don't know where he's at in his development. You know, maybe a Packers fan uh, would know more than I do in that regard. But what I do know is it's fair to say Devontae Adams is the, the main receiving threat in Green Bay again this year. and. Um, yeah, I mean that that may not change anytime soon, but if you if you take Devontae Adams in the first round, I have no problem with it. 
Um, really, I, I don't even, if you did it like top eight, I'm fine with it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Some guys I'm not crazy about in the first round. DeAndre Hopkins. I know there's going to be hype out the wazoo. Sorry, guys. There's going to be hype out the wazoo for DeAndre Hopkins because he is awesome and he's now a part of the Kingsbury offense. And we're thinking, you know, 10 personnel, four wides. We're, we're going to push it past the ball 60 times a game. Like, I get it, but I want to caution you just a little bit. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins for whatever reason, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins has lost a step, so don't get me wrong here. But for whatever reason, he only averaged 11.2 yards per reception in 2019. That is less than Michael Thomas, the often criticized Michael Thomas. So keep that in mind, okay? He wasn't super dynamic last year. Oh, and I think this Cardinals offense is actually going to run the ball a lot more than people think. And I think that there's also, so if that's true, if that's true, then we also have to consider the possibility of Michael, I mean, uh, DeAndre Hopkins having to sort of split some reps, you know, with two other very good receivers in the legendary Larry Fitz, who Kyler Murray trusts and Christian Kirk, who Kyler Murray also uh, has trust with. So in this situation, based on where you have to draft Hopkins, he might be a guy where I'm just staying away because late first, early second round, I'm I'm not crazy about it. So I'm just going to stay away. And now he may have 1,800 yards. It could happen. You know what I mean? It really could. He's that talented. He's that good of a guy, and, and he's in a good system. But for me personally, I'm going to choose to stay away, mainly because of what I see after round uh, after round three in terms of just value. Like, I think I can get Hopkins. If Hopkins is, if Hopkins replicates or duplicates what he does, what he did last year, I, I'm comfortable taking somebody in round four that I think could possibly do that too, or get close or get close. Okay. Um, and it's about how close that guy in round four, six or eight, wherever I get that guy, how close he gets to that Hopkins uh, level production and then you have to be able to factor in also what did I gain with my first or second round pick in addition to how close that guy gets to duplicating Hopkins production. So if he comes 10% shy on, on a you know catch for catch basis or point for point basis, but my the guy I took in the first round is a, is a dude that's giving me 25 a game, like I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? That that's that's what I'm doing here. That's what I, that's maximizing value. So, um, I'm I'm passing on Hopkins most likely unless something changes. I haven't dug too deep into him yet, so maybe something changes. As of now, I'm passing. Uh, guys in the second, third round ADP range that um, well, let me just start some guys that caught my attention: Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper. I'm okay with taking any of those guys in in that range for sure. I, I like Godwin. I like. I like all those guys really. Um, one guy that I'm a little bit, a little bit weary on is Adam Thielen. He's going in the third right now. I think it's late third, early fourth, maybe. But even still, I love Thielen. But in a run-heavy offense, without Stephon Diggs to take that pressure off you, you guys know if you've been listening recently, I'm I'm all about. I'm happy with more weapons on the offense as long as. 
because that takes pressure off. Now, if Thielen is now the number one guy, and I know everybody's excited about Justin Jefferson, but let's be honest, defenses are going to focus on Adam Thielen right away. That may open things up for Jefferson, and then later on may may open things up back for Thielen if Jefferson produces. But at that price, I'm going to stay away from Thielen at this point at least. Okay, now here's why. In the fourth, fifth round range, you can get guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, uh, Cortland Sutton, which I'm still a little bit iffy on Sutton, but let's let's talk about OBJ, Juju, Keenan Allen, and Ridley. Like, okay, I know I talked about Juju the other day on couple days ago's podcast you should check that out if you haven't when i talked about and broke down just wide receivers that are at super values um so yeah juju has top 10 upside you know you get him in the fourth fifth round that's that's a huge win so obj does as well obj is obj and with the browns having more of an offense of a balanced offensive attack this year i think obj may see less targets but i think his efficiency will go way up and I think he'll have I mean it it would not surprise me or probably any of you if OBJ had 100 catches so I think that's totally within the realm of possibility now let's say you take DeAndre Hopkins at the 111 and I take Odell Beckham at the 4-5 man you have to realize that's not just a we're not only going to compare what Hopkins and Beckham did when we say who like who made the smarter decisions we're going to compare Hopkins and whoever your fourth round pick is, which you'll probably reach for a running back just because you're going to feel like you need to. Whereas I have Beckham and whoever I took with my first round pick. So let's just say somebody like Dalvin Cook. You see what I'm saying? When you when you make decisions with the with a uh, full knowledge of the forecast of the landscape of the whole position group and who you might be able to get in the fourth fifth eighth twelfth round now you're you're one step ahead of the game and now you're maximizing value so um <clears throat> keenan allen look i i know you guys know that I, I i was a big justin herbert fan and to be honest yes i am and i and i don't see keenan allen dropping much and i it's really surprising to me that he's available in the fourth fifth rounds uh I, i'll take it and i think he'll get 85 catches or so at least at least 80 calvin ridley i mean we know <clears throat> with the with austin hooper leaving and with a whole year now of no muhammad sanu we saw what ridley did last year without sanu or once sanu was traded i love ridley a lot of you do but yet he's still going in the fourth, fifth round. And in that, I mean, in, the, in his case, it's mainly because Julio Jones is on his team and uh, people don't like what they're, the, the only reason Godwin and Evans are both going potentially second round. It's because we saw them both go crazy. Whereas Calvin Ridley has always been the clear two, And like the, you know, we haven't quite seen the, the, the ceiling of wide receiver one when, when it comes to Calvin Ridley, but um I think that that's a real possibility, low-end wide receiver one, but I think Calvin Ridley's floor is very solid wide receiver two, and you're getting that in the fourth, fifth round, guys. I mean, you know what I mean? Why are we taking one in the first or second? Like, how much better is that one? That's the question. 
Okay. Um, and like I said, Cortland Sutton's great. Uh, what I do think will help Sutton is that is the additions of um, Judy and Hamler. I think that will actually open things up and take a little bit of pressure off Sutton. So I'm good there, but I still have a little bit of worry about his just overall game to game consistency. I think there will be the two catches for 22 yards, you know, a couple times a year at least. And I think at this point, we're looking at other receivers that that are better options um, that I that I feel have less variance at least. So I'm not opposed to taking Sutton in the fifth sixth round, but I, you know we're we're going to be very thoughtful with with that one before we make that pick. Okay, <clears throat> uh, Tyler Lockett, I'm all out on. Just plain and simple, I I, I don't want him. Um, not at the fifth sixth round range where he's going. And I just think his range of outcomes is too wild. His, if you look at how he finished the season, it was awful. It was like, I mean, it was like, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but it was horrible. Uh, his last four or five games, and I just that's that's that Seattle offense. They're gonna they're gonna run the ball, and they're they're gonna be efficient. But volume is never gonna be his thing. And when you have a guy, especially a receiver, where where volume is not gonna be his his thing, you have to worry about game to game consistency. So um yeah, I will there. And I think Metcalf's gonna see more passes and and in that offense there's not going to be a ton of passing to go around. So um lock it. I'm just gonna choose to look the other way. Um Stefan Diggs in that range. I talked about him the other day. I love him. I think that it's a risk worth taking because yeah his game to game variance may may be an issue as well. <clears throat> but he has true top 10 upside, whereas Lockett does not. And you can get digs after Lockett. So I'm taking that. Terry McLaurin is another guy I love. So listen to this. And this is in rounds. Um, let me verify this real quick. This is in rounds um, six, seven, and later, right? We're talking about Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Hollywood Brown, Debo Samuel. Will Fuller's in here. Do not draft Will Fuller. Do not. Moving on. Um, you know, Julian Edelman. Oh, God. Let me talk about this. In the ninth or tenth round, you can draft a guy like Brandon Cooks. I love Brandon Cooks this year, man. He's he's effectively, quote-unquote, replacing DeAndre Hopkins. He's the guy they brought in to, you know, to play that role. And um, I think that... Cooks is very, very capable. Um, let me read you a stat I was just looking at. So Cooks in 2019 didn't do a whole lot. I get that, right? He, he didn't go his normal self. But in the previous four years, and, and also let me, let me say, in the 2019 season, that was because of more so because he was the odd man out because the Rams knew they were moving forward with Cup and Woods, and then the Rams wanted to play less 11 personnel because the Patriots sort of showed teams how to negate that a little bit, so they played a lot more 12, especially over the second half of the season. So Cooks was just sort of phased out of the offense, and they they didn't want him to get hurt because then they gotta, they're more committed to him. They can't get their trade compensation because they, they kind of knew where they were headed with him. So um, I don't think it was any – reasoning i don't think it was any fault of cooks necessarily it was more so just the organization was doing some di different things schematically and also they knew they were moving on so 
Uh, and they had two other really good receivers. So they wanted to play more 12 personnel. They did that, and they had success doing it. But Brandon Cooks now, when he comes in and he's the number one wide receiver on a team, which he will be in Houston, um, I, I think that we can't forget that in the previous four years, he had – so not counting 2019 – with three different teams, he had four straight 1,000-yard seasons. He averaged over 15 yards a catch, and he had 29 touchdowns. I mean, the dude is a bona fide number one receiver in real life, and he's still young. Yeah, you have some worry with the concussion issues, but you're telling me you can draft Brandon Cooks in the ninth round? I mean, come on, dude. That That is like stealing, stealing. I, I really should have included... I should have included Cooks in my podcast the other day about wide receivers that are certain return value. He is most definitely one. Um, <clears throat> like, I mean, I might be higher on that value than I am anybody else that I can think of at the moment. Like, that's how ridiculous that is to me. Okay, Marvin Jones seemingly always here with, where he's just a phenomenal value in like the 10th, 9th to 11th round, somewhere in there. He's he's going to be that again this year, guys. He's going to be a very good value. Um, Darius Slayton in the rounds 10 to 12. Now, remember, why aren't we taking um, – like, why aren't we taking somebody like Amari Cooper in the second or third round? Because we're looking at down here at the list of – let me just remind you again. McLaurin, Gallup, Parker, Devontae Parker, uh, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Hollywood Brown, <clears throat> Edelman, Brandon Cooks. Marvin Jones, Darius Slayton. Don't forget what Slayton did as a rookie. He dominated. Deontay Johnson, who came into his own, and you can get him in the 10th or 12th. Emmanuel Sanders, going anywhere from the 11th to the 13th round. Guys, we're waiting on receivers. We're waiting. If you take Mike Thomas in the first, I get it. That's totally fine. If you take De uh, Devontae Adams in the first, I get that too. If you want, if you want Tyreek Hill or something, like, all right, I guess that's fine. But, like, what is the value of r running back comparing uh, comparatively to the receiver group as the draft progresses? We're going to get to running back in another episode. But overall, just to recap, I absolutely get – I get more excited about the value of guys after, in the fourth round and later than I do uh, receivers going in the first, second, third round outside of a couple outside of a handful of guys. So um, if you're telling me I can get Chris Godwin in the, let's just say late second round, or I can draft Joe Mixon with that, with that selection. And then I can come back and get Julian Edelman in the, in the, what was it? Seventh, eighth round, or let's just say Brandon cooks in the ninth round. I mean, it's just hard to beat that, man. It's hard to it's hard to justify spending a second rounder on on Godwin uh with a new quarterback. You know, granted that quarterback is the greatest one of all time, and I don't think he's lost anything, but there is still some level of uncertainty there. Whereas you can if we say we can get a guy like a surefire high end RB two like Mixon and then get Brandon Cooks late. I mean, man, a lot. I like this based on how the running back landscape goes. This may be a year where I take pff, at least three consecutive running backs with my first three picks 
and then go, you know, start thinking about receiver. Um, it's just that loaded. And I, and I like, yeah, I just, I feel super confident that I'll be able to fill out my receiving depth chart with quality starters and depth players in rounds four to 12. And same thing, I feel similarly with tight end, but we'll get to that in another episode. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Um, I appreciate you guys that are sharing it and that are consuming it uh, regularly now. If you want to chat about anything here that you don't agree with or you do agree with, my DMs are open, as always, at Fairshake Football on Instagram, at Fairshake FD on Twitter. All right, guys. Later.